what would you say if I said that I could bring him back? I guess I'd say I never thought of that. Well, all right, hold tight. You might want to stand back because one small John is coming intact. St. John forward, spitting out some more words, fully intact. Jacked, ready to rap and attack. Small John on your lawn, living like a gnome. Hit you with my lyrics like a bullet to your dome. The night when he comes up here, he's either gonna kill or he's gonna suck. But there's no in between for Mr. John Forward. Hello and welcome to St. John Forward Radio. I'm your host, John Forward. A little sneak preview of my Spotify playlist there if you're watching on video. Welcome to listening or watching the show. Um, I am a uh, comedian from St. John, New Brunswick, who rambles about non-comedic topics on the radio sometimes. This is the show, um, broadcasting from the, uh, the lovely local 107.3 FM studio here at the University of New Brunswick in St. John. Oh, it's going out all over the place. We're on the actual radio. We're on, uh, I think, as I said before, I think we're on some one of the cable channels on Rogers or something. I don't know which channel, but... Uh, Maybe if you're flipping through your TV, if you're hearing this. Um, also, John Forward Comedy on YouTube and Facebook, going out live and on video. If you're only hearing the sounds, you don't get to see my uh, my beautiful voice or see my uh, wonderful physique here, live in person. Um, and uh, re-release the audio for your listening pleasure. Slightly cleaned up. I usually don't edit anything, but, you know run some filters over it, balance out the levels. I should be, I mean, I do that live here, but there's, anyway, it's, uh, if you're just listening, the Podbean version is probably the best version of it. But anyway, um, I'm, uh, I'm in here. I'm, I'm hoping for an easier week this week. Last week was rough. I kind of overcommitted myself. Um, of, of course, uh, Working a full-time job that is its own garbage fire that I'm not going to get into too much detail about, but um, yeah, that's there's just a, a base level of nonsense that comes along with that. Um, does anybody out there like their day job? I remember I used to, but it's hard out here. But uh, anyway, no sign of it getting any better, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, working, work until five every day. And then, uh, so last Monday, I mean, I got, I got a couple hours at home, come home, have some supper, watch a TV show with, uh, with dear fiance May, uh, and then come out to the radio station Tuesday. Um, I think, yeah, I was in, was I, or yeah, and Monday, yeah, I was in the office all day by my, there's two of us that work in the office, but, uh, I was on my own, uh, three of the five days last week. Um, so that, that just means I have to do that much more work in the same amount of time. So that, so that's a little draining. Uh, Tuesday was, uh, what else? What did I have? Yeah. Tuesday wasn't so bad. I mean, not any more than usual, but, uh, I've, uh, I've signed up for a, uh, a conversational French class, that uh that runs for for two hours every tuesday night for like 10 weeks which uh i don't know how i feel about the whole thing it's i took french immersion 
It's a, it's a skill that I feel like I should have and would possibly open some doors for me in the future. Um, when I was in school taking French immersion, I really hated it. Um, and uh, back when I was teaching, I actively avoided going down that path. So I haven't used it much in the last 20 years. Um, I feel like well, like when I was teaching, um, I, I used to, I, I taught high school math and science mostly. And uh, I was worried that uh, if I came out of the closet as a French speaker, that uh, I would get stuck teaching French classes forever. And that would mean that I would be teaching grade 9 and 10 math and science classes, which are the worst. Um, in French, which I didn't like learning in French, so I assume I'm not going to like teaching in French. But anyway, you know, I'm an older man now. So anyway, trying to, th there have been very few, but some instances in my life where being able to speak French would have come in handy. Occasionally at, at work, if I need to talk to, to somebody up in the northern part of the province, it's a bit of a struggle. Um, I did find after the first class that I can I can still understand French pretty well. I'm just not, I don't have much of a vocabulary, so I'm not good at uh, conversating. But uh, hopefully after these 10 weeks, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll brush up enough that I can carry on a uh, competent conversation and, you know... Who knows what doors that will open, so looking forward to it. I've, I've considered, I mean, there are opportunities for, uh, for French stand-up comedy, which I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm assuming the bar is pretty low for getting opportunities doing that, um, just because there's such a, a much more limited pool of people that can do it. But uh, I feel like stand-up comedy, um, I don't know, this is pretentious, but uh, I, I feel like my word choice is kind of an important component, so I feel like something would be lost if I just translate one of my existing bits. Like, I'm sure that I could competently translate it, and I would, I mean, I'd, I, I have enough of a baseline of speaking French that it wouldn't be like, it's not like I'm like phonetically memorizing it and I don't know what any of the words mean, but, uh, I'm going to have much more limited options in, in how I can turn a phrase. And so, so if I just, if I just translate one of my bits from English into French, I feel like something's going to be lost, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a challenge that I uh, that I should set up for myself and give it a go. So uh, so yeah, work worked all day and then got home and pretty quickly needed to run out and go to French class and then I didn't eat supper until like nine o'clock and then went to bed. So Tuesday was a long day and then uh, and then Wednesday. Normally I'm an I'm an office jockey, um, but uh, every now and then I need to uh, to go out on the work truck with one of the guys that works for me. So um, I had to, I just I had to start at 7 a.m. on Wednesday, and I was out on the truck in the rain doing hard labor. Not I mean not the hardest labor, but more than you know clacking away on my keyboard at the office. Um, yeah, I, I worked a 12 plus hour day on, uh, on Wednesday and then, uh, and then came home and piled some food into my mouth and then immediately had to go out to, uh, to the five and dime. 
again after I, I made a big fuss about uh, about people being late to comedy shows I had to uh, to reach out because I was I was running late I needed to uh, I needed to shower and eat and then I went right to the show I still missed the uh, I, I was about 30 to 40 minutes late after the after the show had started so anyway I uh, I had fun doing it but I mean going out and doing stand-up comedy is not like the most I'm not I'm not pretending like it's a hard thing to do but just not being able to sit on my couch and watch TV or anything just I don't know I need to sit down and watch something for like 40 minutes at least to to fully unwind but no came home mashed some food into my face and then went to the comedy show and then went home and went to bed um so that was rough and then uh, and then Thursday on my own in the office again I think um and then and uh and then uh right after work again come home pile some food into my face and then uh off to Moncton to do uh to do a show at uh, at the Canvas uh bar in in the uh the, in the Canvas hotel in Moncton and then and then got home at like midnight and went to bed and then Friday work all over again uh, Friday night, got to uh, got to stay home. Um, I watched the movie Terrifier. It's a slasher movie. The main uh, the main guy is called Art the Clown. Um, came out a few years ago. I've, I kind of heard about it, and I heard that it was it was good. I figured it would be a good uh, a good Halloween vibe for my Friday night to watch with uh, with dear fiance May. Mostly the uh, the the sequel Terrifier two. I believe is currently in theaters, not anywhere around here, but, uh, it's a, it's a small, I think an independent movie. Um, and, uh, it's, it's got a very, very limited release and it's actually doing pretty well. I think it was only supposed to be out in theaters for a week or so, but it's doing well. It's making a few million bucks, um, probably made for a fraction of that. And, uh, I've seen lots of news articles with headlines saying that people are passing out and vomiting in the theaters, so that's got my interest. So I'm curious about Terrifier 2. Needed to see Terrifier Part 1. Um, I mean, there's not a deep story to it, but it's a cool kind of a throwback slasher. It's got some good kills. Some, some It's very violent. Uh, it's vicious. It's not for the faint of heart, but uh, if you're into that kind of thing, I, uh, I recommend Terrifier. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Terrifier 2 whenever it becomes available somehow. This is a smaller movie. I would I would like to support them monetarily or via stream of some official sort if, uh, if that becomes an option, but who knows. I think I'm beyond my days of buying Blu-rays, though. I've got a huge pile of them that, I mean, I hardly ever put them on. Um... Was was supposed to have a, a movie marathon with some uh, some fellow comedians on Saturday, but that kind of fell through. So, but anyway, luckily uh, my my friend uh, it was his birthday, and I was I had originally declined the invite to go out to uh, to dinner um, because I had this uh, this plan um, for a horror movie marathon. But anyway, that fell through. So had a nice dinner at Lebengrass. Good times. Um, I was hit with one of my ongoing random bouts of uh, booger nose which i strongly suspect is still because my uh, my eye styes bugging me it's it's working its way out i'm not gonna 
get right in on the uh, the camera. I've got a little bit of a, a yellow dot showing now, which means that uh, the outside of my eyelid is going to burst into pus any day now. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a huge relief. Um, but um, I, uh, I, I've, I recorded my, uh, my, my sets at the Five and Dime in Canvas on Wednesday and Thursday. I was going to play the audio of one just because I feel like it's good content. I mean, to, to put it out for anybody that's listening to this, I'm kind of reluctant to put stuff online in general, but I feel like if it's embedded within the show, I'm not burning the material too much and, you know. Anybody that's listening to this, in theory, is a fan of my comedy, so it's a nice little little treat for the patient St. John Forward uh, listeners, viewers, whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, I, uh, I listened back to both of those sets, and I don't think I want to play them on the radio. Um, they weren't they weren't terrible. I'm not going to. They weren't bombs, but uh, I think in both instances, uh, it was a bit of a tough room. And in the moment, I felt like I did okay. I didn't, you know, bring the house down by any measure. It's newish material. Um, it's actually uh, a couple of months or a little while ago. I, I told the story about my trip to uh, to Maine um, to uh, to go to the Incubus and Sublime concert. So I've got kind of a bit that's um, that's a version of that that I've been that I've been working on for uh, for a little while. Um, but listening back to it, as I said, in the, in the context and compared to everyone else's set on that curve of how the night was going in general with all of the comedians, I think I did all right at both of them, but listening to it out of context, not a whole lot of laughs going on there. I mean, compared to the rest of the evening in both cases, not too bad, but out of context, not really not really worth uh, worth playing on the radio. I'll save that up until I get a better version of it. Lots of ums and ahs. I need to I need to record myself and listen back to that stuff more often, and hopefully do something with it. Yeah, some ums and ahs in there. Um, so anyway, I will not be playing that. But uh, I've been sitting on another clip from uh, from uh, this is a piece of my set from uh, from Punchline's Comedy Club from back in August. Uh, I've been kind of... I, I, I think I'm going to start posting more uh, stand-up clips online. I've got some stuff that's like from, uh, from my, um, from my uh, Cigarettes and Cool Ranch uh, Fringe Festival show from 2019 that I can take some clips from that. Um, I, I want to go back to taking clips of the four story walk up podcast I do with RF Hussein and Brian Godso, which, uh, we're still in the negotiating phase of when or if we're going to record this week. Nothing has been solidified yet. I think we're going to do one of those on Friday night. So if you want to check that out, um, this French class that I'm in is messing up our usual Tuesday night podcast night. Um, so anyway. This is a clip that um, that I was going to put out on you know on the TikToks and on the Instagrams and on the Facebooks. I've kind of got some uh, some life changes uh, in the works, and just in case this is so good that it goes viral, I didn't. I don't want to really pull the trigger on releasing it wide. But you know, no one listens to this show, so it can be our little secret. But anyway. Here's uh, two and a half minutes of uh, of me at Punchlines back in August. 
Shortly before I was leaving this place, we're going to do a bit of an argument about the, uh, the trucker convoy. My dad's retired. He's got a he's got a lot of time and ideas. Uh, like he want, my dad once told me he literally thinks this that the government has good intentions. <laughs> dad, get out of the house and stop reading the CBC. Jesus Christ. Uh, I, w I was very excited about the convoy. I'm an autistic libertarian, so like freedom and trucks. Hell yeah, I'm going on, I'm going on Etsy, and, Etsy and buying a Band-Aid Freedom t-shirt immediately. Uh, my, my, my dad was especially salty about the Terry Fox statue. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, they, uh, on the first day of the protest, they hung a bunch of bullshit all over the Terry Fox statue in, uh, in Ottawa. It was disrespectful, but... Uh, I was just trying to make my dad feel a little bit better about the situation because, you know, there, there's there's a bit of a statue desecration loophole that a lot of us forgot about when that happened. And, you know, I've done some research on the internet. And, uh, you know, this, this might be disinformation. I haven't verified it, but uh, I've got it on pretty good authority from Dr. Joe Rogan. That, uh, turns out Terry Fox slave owner. <laughs> so it's okay to fuck up the statue, turns out. I mean, it was a, the whole cancer thing was a huge cover-up. Uh, those of us in the know, uh, you know, the, the corporate media is not going to report on this, but uh, he lost that leg in a bear trap patrolling the perimeter of his plantation one day. He, uh, he chased a runaway slave across the country. One time, notice how in the footage, you never see what he's running after. So we were pulling back on this. It's, uh, it's not an easy. It's not good to find out at a comedy show that the Terry Fox run represents white supremacy. Uh, biologically, I'm a sensitive artist, but I identify as an edgelord. Uh, Well, there you have it. John Forward, live at Punchline's uh, Comedy Club. Um, what do you think? Hit me up in the comments. Um, it's, it's not... Um, I mean, I, uh, I was hoping to get a good clip of, uh, of that bit from that weekend, but uh, my recording's not great. Um, it's, it's, it's okay, but it, can kind of, uh, it flickers a little bit, and I'm using the audio just from my, uh, from my phone. Um, not that you guys need to know this, but there's a few lines that I flubbed a little bit in there. Um, a couple of, uh, of, of words that would have been a little bit extra punch that I kind of skipped over. And uh, I actually, uh, for the following night, I thought of a better a better tag for the end of that. Um, I also recorded the, uh, this, that was from the Friday, I recorded the Saturday night version of that, but... Uh, I tried to have a slightly, because the, the first night, I think I had my phone, I think I was recording through a piece of plex, still COVID plexiglass there for some reason. Um, I think I recorded through that, or I was hanging on it or something, and I think the phone was kind of shaking um, with the, every I don't know, with the wind in the, uh, in the thing. So the second night, I tried to set up my camera in a slightly different way, 
didn't make the video quality much better, but uh, I uh, I thought I, I delivered the lines better the second night. Um, I rehearsed it a little bit that afternoon. I, I didn't flub any lines, and I got my extra tag in. I did forget to uh, to open up the shirt to reveal the uh, Freedom Convoy T-shirt. But uh, anyway, that was that was the better of the two options. But um, you know, it's not the perfect version of that bit. But anyway, um, let's uh, let's 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 take a break. Um, let's uh, let's play uh, a song of uh, of some sort. I didn't really have anything that thematically fits, so uh, we're just gonna let my uh, my pre-selected Spotify playlist. Go on shuffle, and uh, what do we got? Speed by Lil Sims on St. John Forward Radio. Diggers wanna put me in a box. Diggers think they're coming from sport. I could buy your life with no excuses if I had a penny for all the rappers that I influence. What I bring away ain't stupid You should try that shit on someone that isn't being the truest Figured I'd just leave you niggas to it But we'll try your step Promise you don't wanna see me lose it Niggas know I got the shit a lot Niggas think they're coming from a sport Don't you know you're dealing with a boss I make winners out of any loss I think I do just what I please I'm already a legend, you should humble your speech Age one, I want disturbing the peace I think I'm kind of get worse, I see the blood on the leaves Motherfuckers ain't ready for my sneeze Motherfuckers monitoring my speed I'm running with ease, I am me? Catch up if you please, I got them singing St. John Forward Radio. Um, it's a good song. I added it to my playlist uh, a long time ago. I like putting this thing on. I've been adding songs to this thing since uh, 2019. 
and I'm just uh, chipping away at them as I play them. I delete them, but uh, sometimes I'll, I'll hear a good song. I'll add it to the, hey, I'll play this on the radio someday, and then I forget all about it. So then I hit the old shuffle, and I get to revisit that. I really should, um, I don't know. I've heard, uh, I've heard very little feedback on the music that I play on this show. I heard one person say that they hate it. Uh, I heard one person say that they love it. So it's a 50-50 split in the audience. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should uh, have have an ongoing songs that I have played on St. John Forward Radio playlist that's available to the public. Um, there's some bangers. I don't know if anybody else likes it or not, but I feel like I have good taste in music. Um, so anyway, uh, I played a played a clip of uh, of me doing some uh, some stand up comedy from a couple of months ago, but uh, there's also a clip of uh, our dear leader Justin Trudeau at the uh, or uh, shoot I forget what the thing is called it's it's basically the lame Canadian version of like the the American uh, press whatever dinner where a bunch of dorky politicians get up and try to be funny um so anyway i'm gonna play this uh this clip of trudeau it's like three minutes and 13 seconds long i don't know how long his full speech was but this is pretty cringy so we're gonna play it just to make my own stand-up clip seem a little bit better by comparison here's our dear leader justin trudeau we all know he's too busy staying up late, tweaking his YouTube algorithms. But if you wanted him to come, you just should have told him you were occupying the museum and he would have shown up with Timbits. But let us remember, the past couple of years have been tough. Many fun events like tonight were canceled. But once people got vaccinated, things started picking up again. Winterloop was really awesome this year. They had a hot tub. <laughs> when the Conservative Party looked at the Ottawa occupation, they thought, this is an expression of righteous anger, and we must support them. But Liberals... We looked at a group of people with a written agreement to overthrow the government, and we said, great idea, get Jagmeet on the phone. <laughs> Look, it's not an easy job being a leader. I, myself, spent a lot of time this year surrounded by honking and wailing. I don't know what their deal was, but the geese and loons at Harrington just wouldn't shut up. It's hard for a guy to get any work done. It's not all bad, though. I have a lot of fans. Some of them even redesigned the Canadian flag with my name on it. <laughs> we now have a new leader of the official opposition. I know most of you haven't had a chance to see him in person yet. I think we can all agree that it's David Aiken's fault that he didn't show up tonight. Although you'd think Polyev would have a thicker skin. He grew up in Alberta in the 80s with the name Pierre. <laughs> but Pierre let me know 
he really does feel bad that he couldn't make it tonight. So as a consolation, he told me to tell you to look under your seats. Yes, you're a shadow critic, and you're a shadow critic, and you're a shadow critic, and you, and you, and you. No, sorry, not you, Michelle. Actually, speaking of waspy things, last summer, Pierre told his pal Jordan Peterson that he's a, quote, believer in using simple Anglo-Saxon words. I know, I didn't get it either, but I'm told it sounds much better in the original German. Yuck. Um, that's obviously uh, been edited. Um, yeah, so I don't know how how far how long it's from, but just ew. <laughs> I'm no fan of. I mean, Pierre Polyev currently. My current thinking is the the least bad option if there is an election. I don't know if that means that I'm going to actually vote conservative. Uh, yuck! I never have in my life. Um, but just the, uh, there's real theater kid energy to that whole thing. It was just kind of gross. And I really, I don't know if I'm super way off base and just do not have my pulse on the average person. I know I don't, I don't, I, I know hardly anybody that shares my particular political beliefs, but, um, I mean, you know, not everybody's as cool and well-informed as I am. Um, speaking of which, you're listening to Local 107.3 FM. Um, just to throw that out there, it's halfway through the show. Um, but just the... There seems to be such a disconnect between... Like, I know, I know lots of people that will not vote conservative or P- PC under any circumstances, no matter what, just because they've been... They have their opinions. Um, I think largely it has been informed by our public school system and media and most of the politicians that equate conservatism with bad. Um, There are certainly aspects of it that I don't like, but um, I don't know anybody that really... I mean, people will support the Liberal Party and the NDP as kind of uh well at least they're not the conservatives i really don't know anybody who's like full-on drinking the kool-aid and will watch a clip like that and be like that's my guy and i just i guess these people don't want to have that conversation with me if you're out there if you're a listener and you are a full-on true blue liberal or NDP supporter, I genuinely would like to have a conversation with you and I'll have it in good faith. I mean, I, I'm starting out from a place of thinking that you have some sort of mental illness, but I will try my best to hear you out and and have a, have a good conversation. Cause I, re- I really, I want to understand how anybody is buying into this stuff 
other than like i certainly understand the strategic voting and the just not voting for the bad evil fascists um but anybody that truly thinks that this guy is a good leader or jagmeat which i'll get get to that guy's justin trudeau is terrible because he's in power jagmeat just the last uh, other than my recent dalliance with the ppc which i'm i don't regret but uh i don't i don't know if i'm uh if i'm on board any further uh i mean we'll see what the uh, what the situation is whenever we're allowed to have an election um but uh the last time that i voted was i think most of my adult life i think i voted for ndp until like 10 years ago when i when i saw the light um but uh yuck all around and just the i I, i'll I'll be honest i didn't get some of the references the the shadow critic thing i wasn't sure what that was all about i did a google search for polyev shadow critic i was assuming based on the on the context that maybe pierre polyev was like accusing different media people of being shadow critics which i'm assuming is some sort of like nefarious secret agent for the world economic forum that's what i thought but from my basic google search i think i don't really i still don't fully understand what a shadow critic is but i think it's something within the conservative party so it's not like an accusation so I don't fully understand the reference and I don't know who the woman is that he was like, not you. I assume that's a specific thing. Um, but just roasting him for not being there. I, I can kind of see that he just was kind of like, no, I'm not coming. And it's the same thing with, uh, with Trump never went to the, uh, the, the correspondence dinner because he's kind of, he, you know, he can dish it out, but he's kind of a baby. Um, so I mean, on the one hand, I, I can see that uh, maybe he should go and have some thick skin and throw out some of his own digs, but I can also fully understand why you would not want to go to some circle jerky dinner that's full of people that are constantly publicly calling you a fascist and almost certainly no matter what he says it's not going to be covered favorably so i can i kind of understand the impulse of not showing up but uh i i also think it's kind of kind of a, a weak move to not show up oh we've got some help from the audience what do we got the shadow cabinet is the cabinet of ministers that aren't actually ministers because they aren't in the party in power okay so all right that i, I that sort of makes sense with what i with what i looked up i don't entirely get it in the context that trudeau used it it sounded like he was like oh, look under your seats you're a shadow maybe he's just he's just giving he's just it's as stupid as it sounds probably. So is is the I think maybe the joke is that he's just inventing positions for people that aren't actually elected officials and he's just giving them kind of an honorary you're part of the team. I don't know. Um but um the the opening dig about how Pierre Polyev is is at home um Oh, here we go. I missed one. There are symbolic positions to criticize the positions of the party in power. Okay. I mean, that's, 
it is what it is. I don't. It, that still that doesn't seem like the the dig that it was really meant to be. I guess it's just not landing with me. Um, the other thing about he's home updating his YouTube tags. The YouTube tags is the most silly made-up scandal that I have ever witnessed in politics ever, I think. I, I mean, I'm using some hyperbole, but that the the issue that he's referring to, this was, uh, and I've, I've seen the back and forth on YouTube between, uh, between Trudeau and Polyev about the damning discovery that came out that on YouTube, some behind-the-scenes tags on conservative party videos had, like, hashtag uh, uh, men going their own way. So, shocker, the conservative party among... I mean, every pol- every political party is trying to cast as wide of a net as possible. Um, the men going your own way, I'm not fully deep into the weeds on that, but... It seems to be, from what I understand, maybe a less aggressive version of an incel. Like an incel, as far as I understand, that means involuntarily celibate. It's basically dudes that can't get, can't have sex and are mad about it. Men going their own way. It's, it's, it seems to me, and again, I'm not fully in the weeds on this, so there, there may be information that I am lacking. Um, Seems like a movement of guys that have just given up on trying to to court women. They've given up on trying to get girlfriends and wives. And they're just going to stop wasting energy on all of that stuff. I'm not, I'm not a single man. I'm not in the dating game. But, I mean, I can certainly sympathize with with somebody who it it takes a lot if i was single right now it would be it would be a lot of effort to land a partner you have to go out and do stuff you have to kind of you have to you have to wear nice clothes and not just graphic t-shirts i'm bald i'm fat i mean i i'd have some work to do if i was out there on the market so if if you're a guy who just doesn't have good luck with the ladies and has spent years of your life doing all of the things to try to make yourself more appealing and just failing. Maybe genuinely, maybe who knows why men going your own way. As far as I can tell is just a, it's just an online Reddit thing, which the Reddit community got banned. I'm not entirely sure of the backstory on that. Somebody must've said something hateful. Um, but it's just a group of guys that are like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to get a girlfriend anymore. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to focus on my own interests or my own career, my own hobbies. And I'm living for me and not to attract a mate, which if it's between that and like angry, these women owe me sex incels. I mean, that's the least bad option. So anyway, the huge scandal is that the conservative party had a tag for that group of people to make the YouTube algorithm more likely to show their videos to men who are going their own way, which I, who cares? And it, from, from what I understand, this would have been somebody months or even years ago would have just put in a bunch of tags 
who knows how many of them. Maybe even this was just an automated kind of, I don't know, computer stuff. They're like, what tags are going to get a lot of traction? And that might have been one of them. And they basically get copied and pasted from video to video. So non-scandal. Even if Pierre Polyev literally was at his YouTube and typed in hashtag men going their own way on his own video, I don't care. And I'm not sure who else does. So that seems like a weird a weird scandal that came up that doesn't really exist. Um, also throwing in some several digs about the uh, the Freedom Convoy. I mean, it's not a bad joke that maybe if we had told him that um, that we were occupying this building, he would have showed up with Timbits. As, as a joke, that's not bad. But as, like, a message, this constant dunking on, can you believe these guys supported the Freedom Convoy? I don't know who that's landing with. I mean, there are, I mean... There, there are people that see it as like this terrible insurrection that the government was almost toppled. That's like our January 6th. And for the record, I think January 6th was not great, but very highly over-exaggerated. Um, but anyway, uh, what I saw in the, Occup- in the, in the Freedom Convoy was, I mean, to me, that seemed like a grassroots movement of all kinds of different people that had all kinds of different flavors of all walks of life all came together against what really is a civil rights issue, whether you agree with it or not. They're protesting what they felt was a violation of their civil rights. You're, you're allowed to disagree with that and that's fine. You can disagree with the tactics. You can disagree with the, with the honking. You can disagree with the, with the disruptions in, in Ottawa you can disagree with the border block, um, abs- absolutely. But what it comes down to is that there was there was a group of people that were protesting a civil rights violation. Who, by the way, it kind of worked. I mean, not not as much as they would have wanted, but after that, all of the provinces pretty much dropped their. Nobody really said we're doing this because of the convoy. But come on. Um, and unless you're a person who's still like a mask zealot, for example, most people were happy to not be forced to wear a thing on their face and not to be forced to show their papers every time they went into a public building. So, I mean, I don't know who that's resonating with. I, f- I feel like most I, f- I don't know, I maybe uh, just the circles that I run in, I don't feel like most Canadians are like, the freedom thing was evil. I don't know. Anybody that I guess is already drinking the liberal or the NDP Kool-Aid probably is, is among that. But anyway, this that video was super cringy. Um, especially in the context of... We're currently in the middle of investigating whether or not it was justified to for Justin Trudeau to invoke and to invoke the Emergencies Act, which is I've talked about it before. I don't have time to get into into super amount of detail, but the Emergencies Act that was enacted to shut down the convoy has very specific 
categories. It's like, this is what it's for, and it, it needs to be, like, these things need to happen for this to be justified. One of them is, uh, like, espionage or sabotage, which I don't really think that applies by anybody's metric. Um, the uh, threats or use of violence with political or religious ideological objectives um there was there was lots of talk especially in the media about violence but not so much i talked about it on the show there was those stupid kids that set the fire in the uh, in the apartment building which i mean any any individual things like that that happened those people that did that should be held accountable for it turns out we found out afterwards that that had nothing to do with the convoy um and um even from what I've seen in the, and I haven't, haven't had a chance to take a real deep dive because there's hours and hours and hours and hours of, of just testimonies and stuff. It's very boring. Um, someday I would like to kind of take a real deep dive into it, but I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, from what I gather, anytime anybody testified about any kind of violence or there's somebody that was saying that truckers were going around ripping masks off people's faces, None of the people testifying, as far as I can tell, if you're a listener and I'm wrong and there's some piece, send it to me. I will follow up. Um, from what I understand, and again, there's a lot of information, I don't have all of it. Every time somebody tried to invoke some sort of violent act, none of the people testifying actually witnessed it themselves. When they get cross-examined a lot of, more than once, I, I've seen clips of somebody says some crazy, outrageous thing that happened, and then they're like, well, did you see this? And they were like, well, no, but, you know, the media was reporting on it. So it was kind of a, kind of a you know, an Ouroboros snake eating its tail or the tail wagging the dog, whatever stupid expression you want to use. Um, the politicians and public officials were giving press conferences about how violent and heinous all this whole thing was. And then the media was just reporting on it without anybody actually any real credible claims. As far as I know, send them to me if I'm wrong. Um, so the violence piece of it, not, not so much. Um, it's, it seems to be any claims about the violence was pretty exaggerated. Um, what else? I had some notes about this. Um, for example, oh, I didn't write down the guy's name, but the intelligence chief of Ontario provincial police, which again, I'm not a huge fan or have a lot of trust in the police, but in this context, if even the police are like, it wasn't a big deal, then I mean, that's, that's a data point. Um, but this guy, if, what was his name? Pat Morris? So, no, that's not it. Something like that. Um, says that there was no evidence that anybody was armed. There wasn't any guns or weapons or anything recovered from anybody. Um, there were 3,000 tickets issued for various things. No assault charges. No assaults on police officers. Um, this, this guy, that's the intelligence chief, uh, was said, um, and again, I'm reading this from an article. I didn't actually watch his testimony. Truth be told, the article that I read said that this guy said that the, the, the rhetoric about, or the rhetoric, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to say that word, um, about kind of the violence of the protest is hyper hyperbole and sensationalized. And he specifically said that this was, this is not comparable to January 6th. 
Um, so anyway, the the other category for uh, for the Emergencies Act to be justified is it says uh, if there are covert unlawful acts to undermine or overthrow the government, which should obviously like uh, obviously not. The thing that people and he does mention it. Uh, Trudeau mentioned it in his cringy clip he talked about you know how they had a document about overthrowing the government he is referring to this thing um i couldn't find i must have taken my notes when i did the episode on that i did a whole episode where i took a deep dive into kind of the organizers in the background of the uh, of the convoy i don't remember what i said about the mou the the memorandum of understanding that was put out by an organization called the canada unity project I don't remember there being anything particularly uh, alarming about it when I covered it back in February or March. Um, They seem to have removed it from their website. I did find it uh, using the Internet Archives. And so, anyway, before before I explain it, there's, there's a paragraph in this document that states... The Senate of, so they're, they're outlining like they have this, this document. It's basically a petition that they want people to sign and they're just going to give it to the government. And they're like, Hey, give us what we want. Cause this paper that's in legalese and gobbledygook. Um, there's a paragraph that says the Senate of Canada and the governor general combined referred to as the federal government are to uphold and enforce all Canadian and international human rights laws that are clearly laid out in the MOU or quote, resign their lawful positions of authority immediately. So overthrowing the government from one small contingent of the freedom convoy, which you can believe me or not, I don't have time to get into it, but the the whole convoy didn't really have a central plan. Um, the people like Tamara Lich and uh, I forget the other people's names that were like the main organizers, they were kind of trying their best from what I understand from all of the research that I've done, which is a reason more than the average person, but, you know, probably not the most on earth. Um, from what I understand, this was a very loose collection of people that, in general, wanted to go to Ottawa to stop the mandates. And that's what I support. I thought the mandates were not justified in an abuse of power, and I just didn't like it, and I wanted it to end. All of the, all of the different things that we're finding out more and more every day that didn't actually work to prevent or slow down COVID or really accomplish anything other than punishing people. Um, I, I wanted that stuff to stop. And I think that's what most people wanted. This was a very grassroots thing, as was found. Again, they, they did all the FinTrack, did the research on the donations to the, uh, the GoFundMe and then the Give, Send, Go despite the media and the politicians saying that this is, you know, foreign funding to overthrow our democracy, that was not the case. Most of the money was given by just average, everyday Canadians in relatively small amounts. Um, So that wasn't the case. But when you have this collection of, 
you know, and the freedom people, there's a lot of flavors of those people, um, many of which I would like to keep an arm's distance away from me. We, d- we did all kind of have that, that one common goal was we wanted all of the mandates and all of the nonsense to stop. That's really the only thing that tied everybody together. Everybody, a big most of it was also going to Ottawa and occupying it and not leaving until we they got what they wanted. That was certainly a large part of it. But there's all these little branches that I mean within themselves, like having no major leadership involved, you can't, there is no like it's not a monolith. And there was nobody saying, like, this is what we are and this is what we're doing. They they tried to a little bit. But the ones that tried, like the Tamara Liches and the, the, shoot, I forget the other guys' names, that tried to keep it, keep it on message and they were trying to give, like, they were trying to be the official thing and she set up the GoFundMe and she, this, the Freedom Convoy website and all that stuff. Um Everything that they complain about seems to be, from what I understand, kind of splinter groups that are like, no, we're going to go do this. So, like, the group that split off and blocked off the the, the international border in Coots, that was kind of a separate thing. And, like, the main organizers, as far as I know, were like, no, don't do that. You're making us look bad, which was, which was true. This Unity Project and their MOU document was also from the main people that tried their best to kind of corral all these stray cats was kind of a like, guys, stop. You're just don't put out your stupid document. It's making us all look, look bad. Don't stop it. But I mean, these group of people are, you know, freedom minded. They're like, I'm not going to, you don't get to tell me what to do. We're going to put out our stupid petition. It, it's it's a dumb document that doesn't mean anything. It's all written in legalese, and it looks very official. Worst case scenario, this is literally a petition that was on a website. I don't know how many people signed it. It's not something that, as far as I know, was being handed out in Ottawa. It's not something that the convoy organizers were like delivering to the politicians and being like, this is our demands is just one piece of a large grassroots people that had a stupid document that has one paragraph that is basically saying you should follow human rights laws and if you don't want to do that then you should resign that's hardly the the insurrection overthrowing that it's made out to be so so like Trudeau's comments in the middle of of this this investigation has happened. It's built into the Emergencies Act. Eight months after it gets called, you have to have this kind of after kind of debrief where you investigate whether or not it was justified. Now, this uh, there's not really any teeth to this. There's no authority. Even if even if it turns out that the all of the you know the scales are balanced, and again, I have not seen a single argument that this Emergencies Act met any of the standards that are laid out in it. It's all, oh, it was so disruptive, and the honking, and which is, those are valid complaints too, but they are not, they're nothing to do with the very specific circumstances that this Emergencies Act was set up for. Um, but anyway, this, 
if they find out that this was illegitimate and it didn't meet the standards or that the charter rights were violated, Trudeau can just put it on a shelf and it can collect dust. Nothing, Nothing's going to happen because uh, he's basically got a majority because uh, Jagmeet has come out. I've, again, I've only read the headlines, but apparently Jagmeet Singh is getting ahead of this, which I assume wouldn't be happening unless the writing was on the wall and it's probably going to turn out that the Emergencies Act wasn't justified. But Jagmeet's coming out and he's going to support him no matter what, which to an NDP supporter... Who? That's even more baffling than liberal supporters, to be honest. I, I follow Jagmeet on Twitter, and just constantly, every day, the conservatives and the liberals have done this bad thing to Canadians and signed the petition on NDP.ca. So Jagmeet's constantly mouthing off about Trudeau and the liberals, but every in every way that counts, he's got his back. Jagmeet Singh today in Canada has the power to stop supporting Trudeau and hold them accountable and call an election, which I I assume is going to be a landslide conservative majority if it was called right now. And that's why I assume Jagmeet is, uh, is supporting them no matter what because i i don't think an election is going to be good for the liberal or the ndp party because they've had a lot of bad takes over the last couple of years and maybe i'm wrong i was expecting a different result for the last election and nothing really changed which was very disappointed to me i thought that the last election was a clear message that canada as a whole were like we're cool with all of this the convoy was the thing that told me that I'm not alone, and I thought it was very touching, and it made me a little bit less embarrassed to be a Canadian. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of patriotic pride in me, but the convoy brought some tears to my eyes. So, um, anyway, so just the context of, uh, of Trudeau making the jokes about the convoy while his government is being investigated for what should be considered a disgusting abuse of power, even if nothing's going to come of it. It's a little distasteful. And I really, I don't understand the perspective of somebody that watches that and is, is like, yeah, I'm on board with this. I really don't get it. So anyway, if you're one of those people that is like, yeah, Yay Trudeau or yay yay Jagmeet is oh my god that guy yikes he has no no principles um ugh, I don't know if you want to have a conversation I'd be glad to have it because I really I don't understand what the heck is going on with some of you people but anyway that's the show St John Forward Radio every Monday night from nine till ten o'clock. Let's do the end titles and then we'll hit the Spotify shuffle to run out the clock. Good night.